0: What's up, hobby friends, and welcome back to Paint Bravely, the podcast where you can find a little bit of encouragement, discover new ways to make your hobby more fun, and most importantly, learn to paint bravely. All right, we got lots of good hobby stuff to talk about, some new stuff that's coming out, some pre-orders, some Kickstarters, and just general good painting, good times. So uh, yeah, might as well get right into it. Brent, what have you been up to? What have you been painting, doing?
1: Hobby. All right. I've been working on a research project for the last three and a half years, and the results are finally in, and I have a, a product update for you. Uh, Vallejo water texture. See, this is a one-part clear water texture effect. After three and a half years, I have concluded, do not buy, do not buy this. <laughs> um, okay. That's okay, so. Now, now let me present my evidence uh okay so this was from an old goobertown hobbies video this was the first 3d print that i ever did paint and mm. this is from from one of danny's old kickstarters oh yeah this is uh it's a lizard man
0: mhm
1: mhm mhm it's a lizard man and I think it was actually sculpted by uh andrea from from artisan guild back when he was not busy enough to be able to do commission sculpting. But right. anyway, yeah, Lizard Man, he's standing in like a tide pool. And so I got a bunch of teeny tiny seashells from the seashore. I got little mussels. I got little snails. I got hmm. like little little worm casings. Uh, I got clam. I got all these like truly tiny little seashells. I am proud of my collection. I put them all <laughs> on there. Put a little <laughs> seagrass on there and mm-hmm. then i put just a little bit of filajeo water texture on there now this stuff you're supposed to kind of put it down in yeah. really thin layers so i actually did a couple of layers i built it up just barely covered the sand let it dry just barely covered the first layer let it dry and i eventually got like three or four layers on there and it looks good yeah seriously i was i was happy with it you can go check out that old video but now Three, three and a yeah. half years later, it's cloudy. It's all cloudy. It went, it went from crystal clear to, um, I mean, I want to say dried milk. This isn't what dried milk looks like, but you, you, kind of like still milk. Went from still clear water to uh, cloudy milk. And it's not what I was hoping for. Um, but just like the seashore, it changes, it evolves, It's a, it's a biome uh i don't think this is ever going back to clear though so you know i just i just checked the amazon reviews for this stuff it's sitting at a 4.5 out of 5 and there there are a lot of comments that say works well if used correctly works well if used correctly the people who know how to use it get it to work well now what i've found is um well, the bottle itself is cloudy now. You know, the the <laughs> bottle is cloudy. The, the dried stuff on the base is cloudy. And my goodness, Casey, did you disconnect already? My goodness. That ain't good. <laughs> that ain't good at all. You're in the middle of my monologue. Is this going to make sense with the edit? Or... <laughs>
0: it'd be hilarious if he did it'd be more funny if he didn't like oh he just left it all in like hey guys uh welcome back we're we're just gonna like okay pick up where we left off here Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) now as i was saying this stuff on amazon.com i checked today it's sitting at four and a half stars out of five and I see a lot of comments like, looks good, looks good. You know, very, very nice texture effects. Oh, it makes my diorama look so good. You know, some of the people were taking off points because they're like, I, I put this this 200 milliliters on a giant diorama and the 200 milliliters doesn't go very far, which I, I mean, yeah. OK, like you, you can read the bottle size, do a little math, some, mm-hmm. some, some geometry. But I didn't see anyone reporting back after three and a half years, and I might have to log into my Amazon account and leave a a detailed and
0: informed review. (laughs) Scathing review. Yeah, no, no. (laughs) well, I try to be accurate.
1: I try to be accurate.
0: Um, I mean, if it's cloudy, though, it's like here's here. If you want nasty milk looking stuff on your base after a couple of years, like.
1: And it, it, and this has maybe. happened on a, a couple of projects I've used it on. So yeah. it 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 did it on these lizard mans. There were a couple of of Amazons that I had paddling uh, a birch bark canoe. had happened on them as well. Mm. Uh, you know, again, little little lakeside uh, situation where they were, and yeah. it used to be a crystal clear lake. Now not so much.
0: <laughs> now not so much.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> and actually the the. More interesting thing which I was just noticing today is that the the liquid itself in the uh, Vallejo water texture bottle used yeah. to be a clear liquid and now it's a white liquid. So that's interesting. Yeah, so so both the solid and the stuff in the bottle have uh turned from clear to cloudy. Huh. Um and I know this is supposed to be an alternative to mixing up two-part resins because it's annoying to mix up two-part resins and there's sticky and health concerns and all that. But I think the two-part epoxy resins as like a, a pour for water effects actually do hold up better. I, I got to do yeah. that test, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just wait another couple of years yeah. we'll see. Well, I, I did a, a two-part resin pour on uh, my Trogoth hag. And that's been... What a year and a half, maybe, and mm-hmm. still uh, as clear as the brownie water I made. So, you're looking good. But I mean, that's that's two part resin. That's why people use it, right? Like it just works. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So. You know, I, I know like a lot of the, the criticisms and the reviews about this stuff talk about it like cracking over a couple day period if you pour too deep of a pour. And so that's why you're supposed to layer it up a couple milliliters at a time. But mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think I'd heard maybe somebody say something about the cloudiness at some point, but it looks good for a year. And for any, anyone who has used Vallejo water texture before, let us know in the comments what your results are. And if it's been less than a year... You know, get you those pictures while you can. Save it in your memory.
0: <laughs> yeah, really. Remember the good days.
1: Nothing <laughs> lasts forever.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess, uh, you know, if you if you started an army at the beginning of a new edition, and it lasted you three years, then it's fine. Like, you weren't going to use that army in the new edition anyway, so whatever.
1: Oh. Yeah. Well, I'll leave you with this this final note. A clear, a glass clear liquid, which levels itself even on irregular surfaces to reproduce the effect of <laughs> transparent still water. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, for a little while. Yep. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway,
0: that's a bummer. live and
1: learn, live
0: and learn. Um, it, it sucks because that stuff's like it's pretty permanent. I mean, that's it's thinner than like a two part epoxy for doing a, a thick pour. Right. Yeah. Um, like, if, in fact, my Trogoth hag did turn, I'd be pretty disappointed because, like, got a good amount of her feet in the epoxy.
1: Hold on. Wait, I'm just discovering something now. It, oh, you're, there's really you're... weird stuff on it, but if I I can kind of wipe the nasty layer off and get back to a clear
0: underneath. <laughs> so what you're saying is, after three <laughs> years, either enough dust built up that you can't see through it or or it molded
1: well it's like it's like uh silverware you gotta yeah clean the tarnish off every once in a while <laughs> yeah. you know, keep is, a, that is
0: that, keep that it keep a butler
1: staff around to really keep this spiker clean
0: <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah yeah that'd be nice to have a just some We'd... some guy polishing models
1: yeah, like, oh, Sir Anthony Hopkins sir, these are... from Remains <laughs> yeah. of the Day. is just sitting there cleaning up all the old stuff in the mansion.
0: <laughs> you have dust on these. We need to. We need to take care of this. It's a little rag. You know, in my I think. Pocket. I think
1: with a, a tip and infinite patience, I could restore this to a nice looking tide pool. But ain't
0: nobody got time for that. What do you want no. to Casey? How cloudy, <laughs> cloudy it is. <laughs> oh man, uh, you know I've I've been. Uh, Oh, like not taking a break so much. So I I did take a, a video off, if you will, to uh, go to Adepticon film stuff, do all the stuff. Um, so I've been working on videos and I'm like kind of ahead right now. So I just been doing a refresh on a lot of my stuff. Um, you know, got, got a new header and, and stuff on the YouTube channel. So, you know, it, it looks nice. Um, yeah, like, uh, just reaching out to people and things and making plans. I guess I've got three or four videos I started scripts for and, you know, just trying to get work done. while I have a little extra time, um, before I gotta jump back into it, you know? Uh, so it's, it's, you know, it's been nice. Still haven't been able to like play video games or watch movies, but you know, Painting models and hanging out. <laughs> um, I actually had a I had a friend come over who has a whole bunch of um, action figures, like old busted ones, and he's been taking them, putting them together, kind of kit bashing these action figures, if you will, and he's been attempting to paint them like old, like 80s action figures and. Kind of like old GI Joe art with the fluorescent colors and all this different kind of stuff. Um, so he actually came over the other day, and we uh, we built a model, primed it, and I'm I'm kind of teaching him some of the ways, you know, painting. Uh, it's still a little bit different being on a a rubber action figure, but it's kind of interesting. It's been an, it's been a fun process so far, like trying to revive this old figure. Yeah,
1: how does how does the primer? Hold up on that. Like
0: so far, it seems all right. I mean, the the figures pretty rubbery, but like the old action figures really had the kind of hard joints like you either have to boil the model or, you know, put it in super hot water or uh, use a hairdryer on it for a pretty good amount of time to like pop the joints together. Mm. So so a lot of it, you know, there the points of articulation don't really matter so much. And the rest is just normal. I mean these these models are more for uh, like he he takes pictures in scenes kind of makes it look like a movie scene or whatever, um, yeah. So that's that's pretty neat. So it it's not going to be like handled too often. Uh, so far, just like holding it to paint, nothing's come off. Uh, I'm more worried about the weapons because they're kind of flimsy and rubbery. Hmm. Um, but he also he also brought over a bunch of 3D printed like scale weapons for for these action figures so those are hard and normal upgrade a whole whole hobby in in and of itself that i had i was completely unaware of like i've seen people take pictures of action figures and stuff in action scenes um and that's pretty sweet but yeah going through and customizing and doing all the stuff like it's been pretty fun you know i might think about Picking up some uh, jank old action figures and rescuing a few of those.
1: Yeah, that does sound fun. Yeah, yeah. Was it all GI Joe you said, or some other stuff too?
0: Yeah, he pretty much just had uh, GI Joe stuff, but making them look like whatever character from whatever movie kind of thing. The one we were working on was a uh, was it Snake Eyes, GI Joe? Pretty sure that's the thing. The Could ninja be. guy. Pretty sure. Somebody will know. People know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. It is. But uh, that, that was one we we're working on in particular. So uh, yeah, pretty interesting. Definitely a change of pace from doing models. Um, like I thought it was going to be a little easier than it was. Like I, I only got a couple of coats of paint down, but it was like, oh, this is uh, It's just the scale being different and everything. Like I painted larger scale models, but this is bigger. Much bigger, sure, sure, yeah. So it's a little different. Um, yeah. So doing that, a lot of that, and then I uh, finished up some goblins, painted a couple of those uh, chariot goblins that we picked up at a Yeah, that was pretty good. Made a whole video about that, you know, rescuing models in a hotel men's room. That was an interesting experience.
1: Yes, it was.
0: <laughs> Brent following me into a bathroom with a camera. It's like nothing to see here, people. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah,
1: look happy, move with confidence. (laughs) Who's gonna stop you? You know, just walking into a into a bathroom with a camera. Who's gonna Who's gonna stop you?
0: You (laughs) Apparently, no one. Uh, so
1: that's we only passed Vince Venturella, and and he just said, "Hey, how's it going?" You know, he didn't made no attempt to stop us. (laughs) He's like,
0: "It's fine. I I get what you're (laughs) doing." (laughs) He wasn't
1: asking questions, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, no. In fact, I didn't talk to Vince much after that. <laughs> weird, yeah, <laughs> weird. <laughs> oh man, huh. yeah. So well, I, I Vince did the goblins eventually... turned out great. Just, just see, so yeah. how. oh yeah, they're yeah. good. They're they're good looking goblins. Um, I did, I did figure out that specifically they are from the wolf chariot, not the goblin war chariot. That Eric did tell us that it was from. Just want to throw that out there. Um, Wolf yeah, it took, chariot. it took a while to find. Actually, there's not a lot of information on some of the stuff. They have those like old Games Workshop like white pages with like yeah. the really crap black and white photos and like a little price under it or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. the chariot was like like six bucks or something And back then. Wonderful, like, something crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good, man.
1: Uh, I'll have I, to pull out my my tome and look them up. And...
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, it should. Be. It's good stuff. And those old books, the, like the old books, have so much going for them that that this new stuff doesn't. I mean, the, even the pictures, like it's just it doesn't feel the same anymore. Yeah. So
1: I'm I'm talking specifically. I have an old catalog which is the size of like a college textbook like it is a heavy oh, yeah. heavy tome and essentially it's a catalog that shows all of what was their current line in i don't know 1998 or whatever it was plus all right. of the discontinued models and it was it was a good way to be like man i know this is a gw model i know it's seen i've seen it somewhere yeah. And you might have to flip through like a couple factions before
0: you find what you're looking for. But normally you can can track down the old stuff in there. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. I didn't even uh I didn't know you could even get your hands on something like that. I'm gonna have to start looking for one of those.
1: You know, yeah. I I think I have two of them. Maybe someday I will gift you my least favorite of the two. <laughs> something something like that. <laughs> this one has all a the true friend the elves who... and <laughs> yeah, all the high elves. This take that one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no goblins uh,
1: I, I don't know i have like a like a year 2000 and a year 1998 i'll figure out which is my favorite one and uh
0: i'm gonna guess it, it it's probably the 98 one like that's that's the what third edition like dark eldar
1: well no they they it's cumulative those those big tomes sure. had like everything up to the date oh, they, they were so published
0: they just didn't leave yeah. anything. i don't know out. i don't know when okay. the
1: last date I don't know what like the last published version of that book is, but that's got to be a, a hot item. The, I,
0: I would don't know. think so.
1: I the two thousand and six the... version of the complete Games Workshop catalog that that's got to be a collector's item.
0: I would I would have to think so. I mean, I don't know when they started their website, but it was early two thousands. Um, so you you definitely might have some some sought after books there. Yeah, those things
1: can coexist for sure.
0: For sure. Well, sure. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm just thinking like a Games Workshop putting money into two different things. Like, well, we have the internet now, so print is
1: dead. Eh, games <laughs> Workshop having two departments working across purposes to each other. I, I can imagine it.
0: I can imagine yeah, okay. it. Well, yeah. That okay. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, so, yeah, you know, just, just been, uh, I finished the goblins pretty happy with how they came out. And I got the video all set up and made for that. And that's that'll be out a couple weeks from now. Look so, at you! I know I, I feel you. like productive and doing things and, you know, talking to people, going to, to Gamma before the next podcast, be doing that for a few days, at least like a four or five day uh, yeah. trade show. So
1: Gamma the. Game, Game as- Manufacturers Association. That'd be Gamma. G- gamma. Gamma. God. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's what it stands for. It probably does. <laughs> no. some kind
0: of manufacturers. Game <laughs> Man- <laughs> Manufacturers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but basically, g- Gamma in a nutshell is Adepticon with a few more people vendor wise, minus all of the actual people who go.
1: Yeah. 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 The The purpose is for game store owners to go and see what they're putting in their shop for the next year.
0: Pretty much. And, yeah. And a lot of companies, general do networking. Yeah. 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 So that's, that'll be, uh, I'm just going to go and see what new cool stuff is out there. Um, talk to a few people and hang out and, who knows? Who knows what will happen? But I'm looking forward to it anyways.
1: I'm jealous. It, it was really fun last year, but I'm I'm not mm-hmm. flying out to, to Reno again just for that. Not this year. Just for that? Yeah.
0: Just yeah. for that. It's just the only possible reason you could fly over here.
1: <laughs> we just hung out at Adaptive School. <laughs> yeah, so we'll... yeah, I know. I know. Okay. <laughs> We had good times. We, we cleaned up those yeah. those goblins in the men's room. Like, remember the good times, Casey. Save those memories. Don't want to spoil or anything. Yeah, <laughs> we can't do that every week, Casey. We Pays no, ourselves.
0: no. Yeah, exactly. I know. I know. This is how it goes. Um, but yeah, looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, I uh, I bought into a Kickstarter this week. Thank you. You may recognize what it is. It's the Hobgoblin. It's, uh, is it a mini war game or is it? It's not skirmish. No, it's it's a mini war game. Yeah, it's like it a full-on
1: miniature agnostic kind of rank and flank style war game.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. full-on yeah. war game. Um, at Adepticon, we went to the Hobgoblin booth, talked a little bit about the Hobgoblin. Uh, got mm-hmm. ourselves a nice little like uh, teaser, you know, pamphlet, had some rules and stuff. It sounds very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Created by the same guy that made Gaslands, Mike Hutchinson. Yeah, and Gaslands, also our buddy Greg that. was there. Yeah. yeah, Greg was there. Man in the booth. Um, talking about talking about Hobgoblin. I don't know if you've uh, if you haven't heard of it. Definitely recommend going to check it out, look it up, because like just the the art style alone, like you, you see it and you're like, that that game looks cool. Like it definitely stands out uh above a lot of other tabletop games, especially like when we were walking around at Adepticon, it's like it was a very noticeable booth. And it wasn't a big booth, you know, but it was nice looking. And it sounds, it sounds cool. It's like uh build your own army with whatever models you want. It has all the rules to build each unit and character. And then you give it like a bunch of spells and different things. And, and you just throw down
1: with an opponent. So I actually read this two page pamphlet (laughs) and I watched a a, a nine minute tutorial video on, (laughs) on Hobgoblin. Okay. Here's, here's the deal it is set in an underground <laughs> layer so it's like all these weird caves and hidden cultures and mutants and it could be anything down there could be anything down there you got your armies kind of wandering mm-hmm. around trying to get treasure and explore and mm-hmm. get mm-hmm. places i guess that's why you could have any army that you want in there and so the way the game is set up is that each unit is essentially a rectangle, and there's a wide range. So like a unit is a rectangle, and it says something like a rectangle can be between 100 and 200 millimeters, or something like that. And it's So it's like a wide range in how large your, your base regiment can be. Um, and then from there you say, okay, this group of minis that I got from some other game... I'm going to call them either light infantry, ranged infantry, heavy infantry, monstrous infantry, light cavalry, heavy, heavy cavalry, a chariot, a war wagon, a monster, beasts, or artillery. And so um, with, with some model agnostic games, there's a little more like shoehorning in. So one page rules, for example, you're going to play the, the Saurians, which are your your lizard people. And so, okay, you, you gotta kind of go looking for like, well, I guess I guess I could use these lizard models. Yeah. Uh, I could call this kobold lizard. You know, whatever. Like, there's there's a little more like, yeah, I'll I'll try to make this work. Um, but part of the design of hobgoblin is you can use any model and any of your models. You can be like, okay, that's light infantry, heavy in- infantry. It'll it'll fit right in. Um, and then to kind of further refine yeah. things from there, you can spend points on keywords. Like you can spend 50 points and make them elite, elite heavy in- heavy infantry. Mm. And so those hit easier or something. Um, so, uh, yeah, so the idea is you, you, you kind of pick the rules. To fit your minis instead of trying to find minis that fit the unit type in in the rule set this was, was kind of the way it was described to us.
0: Yeah.
1: And it looks pretty sweet. My goodness, Snuffles. <laughs> what are you doing here? Casey's just Casey's just sitting there blinking. Yeah, yeah. Right, I got this cat here you uh, you finished the hobgoblin uh, discussion casey
0: the, the cat I situation, cat is good. situation. I, think, I think that's the only reason people watch this on youtube uh I mean I know that's true that's just how it is um yeah i uh so I backed the Kickstarter for hobgoblin um it it looks pretty sweet I'm yeah. looking forward to it the at least the well, this cat's looking at the Hobgoblin
1: rules. <laughs> yeah, even the cat's, even the cat's inter- the
0: interested in the Hobgoblin. Um, the book looks cool so far. I mean, it, you know, they've just done the cover and whatnot. But uh, the thing that I like is that it's going to come with all of the, like, physical cards, so all the spells and all the things that, um, you know, it's like, it's, I don't know, some Kickstarters are like, oh, you can, you know, here's a PDF. You can print it out or something. And it's like. I know that I'm personally not motivated enough to pl- actually like invest and play a game if I don't have the things to back it up. Uh, it's definitely something I know about myself. So if I if I do go in a little extra and I purchase the physical items that are supposed to come with it, I'm way more likely to actually pick it up and and try because I, I want to have that tactile experience with the, the objects in the game I like that. So. Uh, definitely looking forward to that. Um, I know that they're already funded and looking pretty good right now. So yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, 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 uh, one last thing to say about this hobgoblin business is that the, the way attacks are resolved has to do with kind of a rock, paper, scissors sort of situation where, Heavy infantry versus light infantry, or ranged infantry versus light infantry—you know—they're—they're they're all kind of strong and weak in in different matchups. It's not like you know heavy infantry just has toughness bore across the board or, or something like that. They are strong against certain things and they are weak against certain other things. And um, I think. I think I would get a little bit frustrated about constantly needing to look at at the chart of you know what you need on a D six if you are you know, attacking with light infantry against whatever else you you have to consult the chart for yeah. that. But it does add this element of rock paper scissors to it, and um, well, and it, and it certainly adds some interesting depth. I don't know, Casey Casey, back to the Kickstarter. He'll he'll let us know one of these days.
0: Yeah, in like uh, 9 to 12 months or so. It's not actually that long. I think the fulfillment's in like October.
1: Yep, yep. Yep. So, in the meantime, uh, we went to Adepticon. We got our our two-page little handout here of the basic rules of the game. And so that's why I almost know what's going on. But that's enough about Hobgoblin. Okay, we're moving on from Hobgoblin. We've had a, a couple of technical difficulties, but we've we've found a solution. Me and old uh, Geo dude here are are working through the problem. So, mm-hmm, all right.
0: Mm-hmm. What else? What else do we all have right. to talk about today? Let, let's talk about whiz kids. Let's talk about Ooh. frameworks.
1: Ooh, yeah. Take us away, Casey.
0: I mean, I can I can only do so much because I haven't actually seen any of this. Oh no, there's a Frameworks Wave Two preorders are now up right now. Is that is that true? Yes, that they true? are. Yeah, yeah,
1: yes, they are. So
0: somehow, even though you know, Paint brave Podcast talking not so nice things necessarily about the uh, Frameworks line, or not not necessarily negative things, but you know. We just said their prices over and over and over again. That's all we did. And how many models come in a box? Yeah. Yeah. So what, what was the kobolds? $55 for, what was it? Five? Five? Seven. seven it was, models.
1: It was $50 for seven kobolds. Okay. Which, given the fact that they, they really kept true to the small creature size of a of a kobold, yeah, you're f- it, it didn't feel great. No. It didn't feel great.
0: Like five 15-millimeter models-
1: Ooh, ooh, we don't need to get back into it. We don't We don't need to go there no, again. No. Those were dark days. But no.
0: Wave two, so though. Wave two. It,
1: yeah, yeah. It looks like WizKids is doing a wave two of frameworks for D&D. And I'm also seeing on their pre-orders that they have sprues for Pathfinder. They're calling them Pathfinder Legendary Cuts. And mm. within those Legendary Cuts... You know, it looks like they have some some hero models that are similarly priced at $15, the way they were with Frameworks. But I'm also seeing a set of goblins. Mm. A set of Pathfinder-style goblins. Football heads. Football head goblins. 18 miniatures for $50. Okay. Now... Now, either the Pathfinder license team, licensing team really put their foot down and said we cannot have a D and D kobold uh, fiasco disaster. <laughs>
0: it's likely. We,
1: yeah, we we need to uh, we need to really make an example out of these Frameworks Wave One kobolds.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe
1: that's what happened, um, or or maybe they just listened to Paint Bravely, the podcast and like you know what. We can fit more small creatures onto our sprues, and we can put more sprues into a box, and and they just, they they really optimized and got yeah. eighteen goblins for for fifty dollars, which is still not a great price for <laughs> goblins, but it's 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 like it, it's in the strike zone at least. It's all right. It's I all mean, right.
0: we're we're getting there. Like, uh, look, I I haven't looked at prices for GW goblins lately, but. I mean, you can get like 20 for like 30 bucks. And those are pretty sweet. I want to say, I want to say that's about where they are. It might be like 35 these days. Even if it was 40.
1: <laughs> I don't know my my modern pricing on that issue, that's but happening. look it's it's good to see that WizKids is still in business, still making sprues.
0: Yeah. And they may <laughs> yeah.
1: have learned uh, a few critical lessons, so that's awesome. That's awesome. We'll uh we'll keep our eyes out for that. I think those are, are a couple of months away on, on that pre release schedule. And yeah. Maybe we'll have more news for you later. Maybe we won't, but that that's enough of frameworks for now. Yeah, I mean we you
0: we don't need to go too too far into it. Okay, I did just look up the price of stabas. And uh, it looks okay. like they're they're 45 bucks. So now we're, we're in a more comparable realm as far as uh, pricing goes these days. Forty five dollars yeah. games were. Cho- Come on. Easy, easy. <laughs> yeah. And don't don't pay more than a dollar for a goblin. Don't do it.
1: Rules is rules.
0: Yeah. And them's the rules.
1: <laughs> Any right. anyway. I got something I got something new for you. Alright. Something fresh. That's good. I like fresh. Lay it on. Me. What we have here All is right. a sloop from the game Blood and Plunder. Alright. This is the hull of a sloop. It's it I am I'm getting started mm, on it. We're yes. working on it.
0: And if you're unfamiliar with yeah. that, it's a it's a boat. It's a big boat. So uh, when we were at Adepticon, we we stopped by. Uh, man, what was the what was the booth? Uh Firelock, yeah, Firelock Games, Blood and Plunder, and Firelock. Games. We we hung out for a good while, uh, picked up some rule books, uh, looked through some cool pictures, saw a bunch of their models. They they're finally getting into like some actual like good hard plastic uh, molds, and they're looking pretty sweet. So. Yeah, we were we were very interested in in some of these boats and obviously you jumped in and went for it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it is a skirmish game uh set in the 16 or 1700s uh, basically pirates and privateers and uh colonialists and natives. You you got uh, the 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 whole stew going on there.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. And um it's skirmish game it seems like twenty or twenty five pirates per team something like that and often you will also have a boat or a ship with you so you can do like amphibious missions you can fight entirely on the beach or you can fight entirely ship to ship combat or amphibious assaults so you get your your barkies and your canoes and your sloops and your galeons yeah just go up the beach <laughs> do some island um, hopping
0: and yeah
1: yeah yeah uh, but of course the real draw is the the ship to ship combat obviously i don't know why you would play this game just fighting with stupid pirate models on the beach it sounds <laughs> awful <but. laughs> i
0: think just being on the beach sounds awful but i i don't know There there's probably i'm sure they have scenarios i haven't looked too too deep but like Imagine if you started on the beach and you have to escape with X amount of guys to man a ship without getting sunk. And then, and then, oh man, here comes off the other board edge, a couple of ships. Like we got to escape, you know, the East India trading company or whatever, and get out of here. Like that sounds cool. Like to start on land, get in some canoes, get on your boat and then try and try and get out of there. Um, So like, Mm-hmm. It, I guess for for like story and narrative purposes, having the option is pretty sweet. Gotta say, yep, yeah,
1: yeah. So they had a giant starter box at Adepticon, huge, which we yeah, did not huge, buy and take home with us.
0: Huge box, not it was bigger than my suitcase. Like there's no way.
1: <laughs> I've never seen another game company use that size box.
0: Yeah, i think the only thing that may be comparable and it's still smaller is like Frosthaven, Gloomhaven. It's a big box. But then again, the ships are huge, right? Like they're they're huge.
1: They're they're decent size. I mean they're they're big. They're they're meant to be able to fit like twenty, twenty five minis in there. Yeah. So they have a cool system where the, the bases they use are 20 millimeters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the the height of a pirate is normal 28, 30 millimeter scale, something like that. Yeah. Um, but the bases they use are just shrunk down so you, that you can get more of them on a boat.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, I think this is the best system I've ever seen in terms of having infantry and vehicles all working together. So like you can, the the infantry or the the humans are supposed to go inside the ship, mm-hmm. and they all just go and fit in the ship, and you put them at their their battle stations next to the cannons. They're supposed to be manning, and seems cool. So yeah, I gotta I gotta finish building my sloop. So the starter's kit came with two plastic sloops, and I mean. <laughs> A real-life sailing ship has so many uh, lines and cords and ropes and rigging and and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. These have two masts, and they actually don't come with sails or rigging, but you're supposed to just kind of tie a couple of elastic lines as as the stays for the masts and then Mm kind of cut out some paper sails if you want to do that. And so it gives the impression of a... Of a sailing vessel without, yeah, without really going full simulation on it.
0: Yeah, although you know, uh, some some people, I guess that that have been playing that game for a while, go all out on on the rigging and the sails and and like those do look really cool. Um, I'm not sure how you like fit your fingers in there to get all the guys in, but I mean, if you're going for like how awesome it looks, like no, you can't really beat that. Yeah. So yeah,
1: there's some trade offs, but yeah, yeah the all of the bases are are small, twenty millimeters, and the they are textured with wood planking. The way the the that, hull of the ship that is that is pretty genius,
0: so. honestly. Like the texture is the exact same. Yeah,
1: it's not going to be like goblin green bases standing <laughs> right. all over my my boat. <laughs> yeah. My
0: brown boat, yeah, ruined. <laughs> it's a ruined boat now. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it looks pretty cool. Um, I still haven't picked up any boats, uh, but nah. I see you holding that up there, man. I just kind of want some boats now.
1: Uh, so I've got I've got some boat building advice here. Okay. Now this sloop has uh, four gun ports on each side,
0: mm-hmm.
1: starboard and larboard. which eventually becomes port and starboard, you know, in modern times. But we got the, the starboard and larboard, and there are four gun ports on each side. Now on the main gun deck. Three of those four gun ports are just out in the open, and one of them's in the captain's quarters. And I glued the captain's quarters together, so I'm not—I don't know how I'm going to get the cannon in there. I need—I have no—I need to like drill a hole in the bottom of my boat to get a cannon in there in, in that fourth gun port. So um, I'm going to say I'll keep you updated on that yeah. one.
0: Yeah, captain's quarter. Uh, yeah. What's your update on that? That's it. That's that'll be next episode. I'm going to ask you that.
1: Yeah. Tune in next time to see if I was able to jam a cannon through the gun port.
0: I mean, what I'm guessing is you're going to have to, like, cut off the barrel and and just kind of slide it in and, and, you know, weld it in there with some plastic glue and hope for the best.
1: Now, there is also a door to the captain's cabin, which I did glue shut. But if I remove the door to the captain's cabin, I can just kind of get my... My tweezers and my forceps, and just kind of roll in the cannon to where it yeah, needs just to go, so.
0: roll it in place historically accurately, and uh, yeah, yeah, there you go.
1: <laughs> naval renovations bravely. The podcast <laughs> yeah, just cut it. we we'll make it work.
0: We just need some wood patches. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll do. Yeah. No, that's pretty uh, pretty good. I'm though.
1: the real naval surgeon around here.
0: <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> okay. Oh man! Uh, uh, did you get the pirates too? How many pirates came with that? Was it like enough to fill? Or was it like a squad of like ten guys or something?
1: Uh, I think so. So the big box, I mean the giant box, mm-hmm. comes with two sloops and I think a total of twenty four pirates plus two pirate leaders. Exactly, Blackbeard. I added,
0: it. yeah, something
1: like that. Yeah, it had like two named pirates. I also spent extra money on an upgrade sprue that just had, you know, 10 more named pirates. Nice. You know. And and so I'll I'll have enough. But, so I think I'll have like 24 generic pirates and then like 12 named pirates and I'll, I'll I'll figure out a crew. Yeah. And we'll see if I ever actually play. I was also thinking I might I might rig up one of the sloops pretty nice. And then leave the other one with the masts not glued on, so that I can tell myself I might actually take it to Adepticon next year and and play a game or two. Yeah. So have a, have a traveling sloop because
0: traveling. I think loop. they
1: they get much more bulky once you you rig the masts and sails and everything.
0: Yeah. Well, and you'd hate to like rip it apart in a suitcase or something. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They did have a and, big and, big tournament going for it too. Like people were playing it.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Anyway, Blood and
1: Plunder, that's mm-hmm. that's on the horizon on the high sea. Yeah. Yeah.
0: On the horizon. All good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just just right over All the good. horizon there. Right on the where the sky meets the ocean. It's, yeah, it's right there.
1: Yep. Yeah. Where <sighs> dreams are made. <laughs> so Pirate bravely, my friends. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Also, printing relic blade. Ooh, yeah. Uh, you're talking about a 2D printer? Yes, yeah, so I'm talking about a two dimensional, two dimensional printer. Uh Sean Sutter, the old kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it made these. I don't know when they're coming out, but he definitely made paper cutouts like the standees with artwork. Oh, you can on, buy
1: them now. You can. Okay. I wasn't yeah, sure. You can, yeah. I was, I was looking out of the other day and I'm going to pull that trigger here. So oh, yeah, for buy sure. The, yeah. buy the paper cutouts. Yeah.
0: No, I think that's, I think that's smart. Cause you know, if you get into it, you find a faction, you, you, you start having a good time. Like you're, you're going to want the 3d models. You're going to want the models. Like it's, that's a good call. And, and that kind of cool, like, I mean, obviously the artwork's already really good. So you're going to have some sweet looking standies. um, Man, I'm probably going to probably going to get out my, my cricket cutter or I should say my wife's cricket cutter and cut right, those things. Right. I'm going to die cut those characters out, really make them look fancy. That's that's what I'm going to do.
1: I'm curious to see
0: it. I'd like to see that.
1: Yeah. 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 So. Oh i'm um, I'm probably gonna pull the trigger and and buy I think it's a ten dollar set of just all the relic blade characters that are are ready to be printed, folded in half put on on little stands and be paper characters yeah, and, yeah. i'll I'll use some of my colored ink on that and see how it goes <laughs> yeah really Maybe maybe get some nice paper,
0: yeah, you gotta get yourself the glossy you know yeah. card stock whatever. You know, maybe maybe go photo paper, get something real fancy for yourself, and print out print out some some good looking standees for that game. Then um, you just get excited and
1: actually buy the models. That's how it works. I
0: mean i I would think like it's a marketing ploy, but a real good one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you're gonna get excited about how that that pig man looks on that paper, but you're gonna be disappointed Ooh. that you can only see him. From one side to the other, you can't, you know, if you're standing in the wrong angle, you're not going to, you're not going to know what's going on. So, you know, you're going to want to get yourself a 3D one. Uh, I suppose unless you kind of did that thing where you cut it in half and like kind of put it down the middle, so you got the four, yep. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it still sucks. You'll figure it out. Yeah. I'll figure it out. We'll get there. What else? What else going on, Casey? Buy all the models. Um... Well, okay, so, so I've been talking Ooh. to this guy, right? He owns this company called Side Tiles, and the whole the whole thing with it is it's basically like Legos, but for terrain. So it's like pre printed out blocks, and they stack, and they're all modular, and they make different buildings and steeples and chapels and walkways, and it's like a super cool idea. Um, Hi. How do you spell cytiles? Uh, C y, t y l e s. Yeah, that's what you have written down here. Yeah, that, that is what I have written. Is that not? <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, uh, they're they're doing a Kickstarter's going on right now, um, and I've been I've been wanting to do some kind of project for a while now. The the thing is, it's like a small scale, so like tiny Lego size type things. Like not super tiny, but uh, like for 15 millimeter minis and stuff. Um, okay. And I need help deciding on what game to bring into that kind of scale. Right. I've, I've done Age of Sigmar. I got two full armies, 2000 point armies in 15 millimeter with terrain and a board and all the stuff. It's in its own nice contained little box. And I like that. Um. Then I did mini Warcry, cry and I really like that. I've actually played that a few times and it's fun because it's the same thing, just really even tinier, teenier, tinier. So like I've been able to take the case and just kind of go not have to bring all the models and boxes and all that stuff. Right. It's just in a little box. Um, so I want to turn another game into this small scale. and I'm going to use these modular blocks to kind of do that. And I haven't decided if it's going to be Yafsiga, because I think that could be cool, like have a whole themed tiny little world that's got all the the different types of stuff that that art brings. I don't know. Maybe I've already made up my own mind. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I haven't decided. So. Maybe it is. Maybe it will be Yafsiga. <laughs> it might yeah. be now that I say it out loud. <laughs> but I don't know. I need help. I was thinking like, OK, well, a hobgoblin's not going to have rules for a while, but like. I like the art style. I think that could be cool in like this this mini game, and, and obviously having, being model agnostic, like you can kind of bring different blocks of units and call them whatever you want in your game and stuff. So I like that idea. But um, obviously cards can fit in a box like that. Um, one page rules is an option, but I don't know. I don't know what other types of little fantasy skirmish games would work in fifteen millimeter. So kind of hoping for some input, uh, if not from you, from the comments. But you got to have something that I don't know about. You got to.
1: Should Casey make tiny off Sega <laughs> instead of a 24 inch by 24 inch board? Should he make it into a 24 oh, it centimeter is? by 20? 20... No, that's not the conversion.
0: No, that's, that's no, not right. It's not. That ain't right no the the conversion it's like uh a centimeter times two and a half it's like two point five seven or something yeah
1: yeah it's not yeah. it's not
0: perfect um and and it starts to get away from you after you know two centimeters <laughs> by a lot
1: yeah
0: so it doesn't quite work, but that's the thing you, you you don't even have to worry about that you still play it in inches you still play it with the original stuff. you just take your your models that you're using, scale them down. By whatever percentage, and then you do the same thing with a ruler. That's all you got to do, or like a you know your gauge finder, whatever three sided little measuring tool. You know, yeah. So that that's yeah. that's the way to do that. So you don't even have to think about it; it just travels with the game. Um, like I said, it works really well for uh, Warcry, like surprisingly well. So I don't know. But that's kind of what I've been, I've been working on. I've been thinking about, like, exploring different things and models. Um, yeah, because I'm, I'm gonna be doing a lot of 3D printing for it, and it, I, I don't know. I want to make it some fancy and special that that I haven't done before.
1: Well, I'm excited to see it. You got a lot of tiny plants on your little Yafsego board. <laughs> that'll be nice.
0: i I do like that you can make a
1: tiny demon ship board so demon ship (laughs) is a very small game it's
0: already so you shrink that down by a factor of two (laughs) actually that's not a terrible idea if it could legitimately fit in my pocket in like an altoids box oh man there there's the video idea right there i took i took mulev's tiny game and made it even tinier (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. Molev, you did a great job making a tiny game, it's but true. it wasn't tiny enough. No, yeah. no, we gotta, you, we gotta shrink that down. You should have had the courage. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> if it doesn't fit in my pocket, it doesn't go with me. <laughs> yeah.
1: What's the point in making a small game if it doesn't fit in your pocket? Oh uh, yeah. That's I what Casey always says. <laughs> that's
0: what I always say. <laughs> yeah. That is an interesting idea, though. Just pocket games. It's a a deeply stupid idea, but I encourage you to try. No, this is we're talking like YouTube realm level of of mostly pointlessly stupid, but it's fun. Like, I mean, because the principles still apply, right? It's like 3D printing, making terrain, doing all this stuff. Uh, But it doesn't take me a month and a half, honestly. And like, to be fair, okay. I actually think that painting 15 millimeter models is absolutely worth your time. It's actually very fun. Like, okay. Um, when I was doing the, the mini Warcry video, like I painted, I don't know, 20, 20 models to like a, a pretty decent standard in like two weeks with a board and terrain. And like, it looks sweet and the models look sweet and it didn't take a lot of effort to like, I mean, cause you, you know, you want to highlight something or, or, you know, it's like you barely make a mark on the forehead with like a lighter skin tone and all of a sudden like, Oh, that stands out a lot. It looks really good. You know, it's, it's, it's this there you go. size to all the stuff. It's, I don't know. It feels like a lot less work to get something to look really nice. Um, also, since like a wash on a 28 millimeter, 32 millimeter model, you know, it kind of sits in the recesses. We kind of know what it looks like on a 15 millimeter model. Those lines are like 50% bigger. So the like black lining looks pretty legit on a smaller model. It just makes things stand out even more. It's, I don't know, it's a good time and recommend it. Heck yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I gotta give that a shot one of these days. Little, little tiny models. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hearing good things. <laughs> From me. <laughs> yeah, I
0: trust you mostly. Mostly, that's yeah. good. I'm glad, because... Uh, yeah, it really is It really is worth doing, for sure. Like, it'll take Blood and Plunder, make that 15 mil. That sounds nice. So that's not a bad idea, too. No. Because <laughs> I can get ships that Firelock...
1: size.
0: <laughs> yeah. Firelock Games also
1: did have a smaller scale. Did they? Oak and yeah oaken something,
0: oh yeah, yeah, was it oaken
1: oaken powder, oaken blood, oaken barrel, ah oaken, uh,
0: oaken plunder. oaken
1: barrel, yeah, they had the oaken barrel, which was you know uh much much smaller scale ships, and so you, sure. you, you get a little bit of yeah naval combat, which is which is cool, it's a different thing, you don't get the little the little people, you don't get to put your little people on their ships, okay,
0: but you get the ships, you get more ships,. So, uh, Okay, so yeah, so so in this case, if I took a ship and made it smaller, but then I took fifteen millimeter models, and made them smaller, then I could put them on the ship. Aha!
1: Best of both worlds. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, it's best of both. You get a little bit of both. I don't know how that scales yeah. as far as the board size to what I have, but because. Uh, so far like I've been able to make uh like Age of Sigmar work. The board's still pretty big. It's not necessarily like pocket sized. You have to still have a pretty big board to play it on. But it's you know like you play it on a like a, a, a pretty small table, you know, relative to a 6 by 4 right? Um but uh taking like a Warcry size or yeah, like Yafsega is what 24 by 24 Like, that's not a lot of shrinkage to have something fit inside of a box with just a little bit of tweaking. So, yeah. But Blood blood and Plunder might be a little big. I don't know what scale Hmm. they're in, technically.
1: I think they take liberties uh, (laughs) on the the size of, of ships versus people. Right,
0: 25 mil models, like one three thousand scale ships or something i don't even know
1: yeah doing doing some math yeah not a, not a very large sloop at that at that scale sure but the captain the captain has a nice cabin at this scale i gotta tell you
0: right like, right he
1: can <laughs> except for really that really stretch out <laughs> room for his <laughs> room for his steward in there uh-huh, uh-huh. especially if he doesn't have cannons in there. Say, he's got a ton of room if he doesn't yeah. have any cannons so in there.
0: take take the cannons out you got whole extra area room for activities going doing whatever you got your captain so, the activities you know he's got his own right. private window he, nobody else can see him. It. it's great that's
1: right on each side of the ship <laughs> yeah. that's right i'll uh I'll keep you updated on my sloops and their captains for sure. I'm excited sure. about that.
0: I, I do want to know how you how you end up fixing the cannon, because yeah, without like ripping it apart completely, I don't know how you're going to get that.
1: I think I'm going to rip off the cabin's ah. door, the captain cabin door, and just slide two cannons <laughs> into the door. And do they are they
0: gonna fit? Yes. Okay pretty sure i mean i'll let you know on that too isn't that how they would have gotten the cannons into a boat to begin with it's not like they built it in there they had to oh slide, yeah it'll work they had to slide it'll open work. the door slide the actual cannon in like so the scale should you know
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah let's hope i think i think actually just all of the walls were collapsible is, is how it actually worked but yeah like the, there weren't any cabins by by the time it was time to fight the ship Maybe maybe that wall stayed in place. I don't know. But anyway. I have no idea. Anyway, not important. Not important. Not important.
0: No, no. We're not shipbuilders. We don't know. <laughs> no.
1: I, I built mine wrong anyway. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely not a
0: shipbuilder. <laughs> it, it was like six pieces and I still built it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah you keep, so keep that in mind. Put your cannons in before you glue the door shut. It's a good call. That's right. It's a good call,
1: but do check out Blood and Plunder. I'm yeah. I'm intrigued. I'm curious. Yeah. Yeah. So all right. What what else? What else?
0: Uh, I mean, uh, I I got not a lot of hobby stuff, but I know we got a couple little things.
1: Okay. You wrote, you wrote them down. What well, you got <laughs> today? Yeah. Oh,
0: I don't know. I, what mean, you I want can I about. can keep vamping. Yeah. Oh, I got, I got another one. All right.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I've actually been. Last time we talked about. Meaning to paint bravely and actually get some paint on my expensive dry brushes. And yes, I did that. You did that. I did that. Oh, good. And you called me out on not painting bravely, so I, I did it. <laughs> I put some paint on my brush and I, I was brave about it. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad. And Yeah, so I I was working on some Battletech minis. Mm-hmm. And so I started off by you know spraying some Battletech mechs red. And then I gave him an orange dry brush mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To, to pick out the highlights and everything. And then, it had been a while since I did this, but I gave him an oil wash. And I do actually have a, a hot tip of the day on oil washes. Okay, okay. It, it, it's not too much of a hot tip, but <laughs> I I will die on this hill, is that mixing your own oil washes is not as good as store bought oil washes. That's true. Now, uh, I I went out and I bought all the nice stuff. I bought my my Da Vinci stupid expensive mineral spirits <laughs> and paint thinner. What was your first problem. I bought I bought my Windsor Newton nice okay. expensive okay. tube of black paint and nice expensive winsor Newton brown paint, and I, I mixed all that together. And you get a you get a perfectly usable oil wash. Yeah. But there's still there's still like floaties in there,
0: mm. like uh,
1: like like tiny little chunks that don't settle into the recesses and stay on the flat areas mm-hmm, and are mm-hmm. definitely noticeable. Okay. okay. So uh, I normally I normally will mix it up in a little glass vial, and then you know shaking up the oil wash, and then if you leave the glass vial to settle. On the walls of the vial, uh, the liquid will be, like, kind of draining down and going down to settle in the pool at the bottom of the vial. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you do the same exercise with store-bought, like, uh, ammo MIG oil washes, you just get a nice, clear, consistent, not, not entirely clear, but, like, like colored uh, yeah. oil wash streaking down the, the glass. But if you do it with a homemade mix of of your oil wash, you get chunks. You you just do. Mm-hmm. There's
0: <laughs> Yeah.
1: No way around it.
0: Well I, I think um. it's because the the thing that you're using to thin it out isn't the same. Right? Like sure. uh mineral spirits will cut through oils and clean them up and you can thin them with that. Um but it definitely like breaks down the paint in a different way. Whereas the yeah, whatever the is... enamel is the binding thing for the like the MIG and uh like Tamiya, you know, panel liners, mm-hmm. especially it, it's definitely way more consistent, which is why I generally use Tamiya panel liner. Like, I've just pretty much switched to that because it's just better, yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I and that's a that's a good one. Like, the to me, the, the panel liners, the streaking grind, yeah. the you know, dark enamel wash. Mm-hmm any any of those product categories panel liner dark enamel wash streaking grime like all of that stuff is going to be a better oil wash than you trying to mix up your own with you know buying oil paint and buying a paint thinner and mixing them together yeah you can make something decent but it is yeah, or, ordinarily I encourage people to to make homemade and try stuff out, but in this case, <laughs> I really think you just buy yourself a $6 yeah. bottle of yeah. of oil wash and and use it that way. So that's my hot tip of the day. Anyway, I, I gave an oil wash to my battle mechs. It looked cool. Uh, I did the thing where I came back with a cotton makeup remover pad to, mm-hmm. to kind of wipe, you know, come back and, and clean up the high areas. Oh, yeah. And that that basically worked, except the the makeup removal pads that I bought were kind of like stringy and fibrous, and so I just ended up leaving lint all over my battle mechs, so maybe I need to (laughs) carefully choose which brand of makeup removers I use in the future. That's true, that's true. Other than that, other than that, um, it had been a little while since I did an oil wash, but battle mechs are a perfect candidate for it, and Mm. and it ended up looking pretty good without very much effort.
0: That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, all the nice, like, separating cool. lines and, you know, panel lines in mechs, definitely. Yeah. Definitely good for oil washes. Um, That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And I'm glad you got to try cool. out those brushes. I'm, that's great. You didn't ruin them or right anything, on. right? They're, they're still good.
1: Well, they're not <laughs> new anymore, but they're still oh, good. Oh, yeah. They're, good. they're
0: not <laughs> unused anymore. <laughs> Like, uh, I bought me this fancy pants car over here. Still brand new. I haven't even turned it on yet. Like, yeah.
1: Got some miles on it now. (laughs) It's got got
0: a mile. It's got a battle mech on it. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Value dropped 48% right when you touch that battle mech.
1: (laughs) Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Yeah. Anyway, that's what's new with me. That's what's going on. That's good.
0: That's good. Oh, man. Yeah, good could, like oil wash or panel liner. Like I don't know. I I use it probably too often. Like it's almost every time I paint something at this point. It's like, oh well, you know, just a little dot of this uh panel liner on this armor thing right here. So yeah, so sweet. That's how you do that. Not gonna not gonna bother learning how to do that any other way at this point. Like <laughs> this is my default. Perfect. Um, For like, for like oil washes in particular, I've, I've, I still mix oil washes uh, pretty regularly, but I only use them for weathering only when, when I want it to not look perfect. Like, so having some of that kind of, yeah, like scratchiness, the chunkiness, like you can still wipe it away, but like a little bit of that, especially if it's kind of streaking down or whatever like vertigree looks pretty good that way i like to mix up like a bright green and a blue and and get that verdigris look um that tends to look pretty good like just an oil wash with mineral spirits but everything else has to be enamel gotta be well all right i think we think we knocked that out i'd say so well thank you again for joining us on another episode of paint bravely if you enjoyed this podcast please help us out by leaving us a review on itunes subscribing to the youtube channel and sharing this message with your hobby friends As always, we appreciate each and every one of you for listening. We will talk to you next time. Talk to you next time. If the internet works.
1: If the internet works. Sorry, Matt. Sorry, Tiles. Yeah. Casey, on my screen, you're just sitting there blinking. Are you. You're just doing that to screw with me, aren't you? Sitting there blinking, not saying anything. Uh, waiting for your video moving, to catch up, but you're not speaking. You're just doing this to screw with me. You are. This is, this is not fair. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going with the podcast. And no, no, I'm I not. Tell you about. <laughs>
0: No, your uh, your audio is